My name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hey there, welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. And, uh, you know, the thing is about these podcasts is I, I get really excited in, in my time of preparation for them. And sometimes it's like I've tried so hard to just translate that to the recording of it, you know? And uh, it's kind of like, you know, when, when you like, you set up something that's, you know, maybe it's tedious and you're trying to move it from one table to the other, you know, you're trying to just capture it and just move it somewhere else, you know? And, uh, a lot of times I've, I've tried to do that and, and it doesn't always feel the same once I click record. And maybe that's just because there's not as much pressure when I'm not recording. And it's, I mean, it's honestly, it's the same way as, as with, uh, you know, playing instruments. I mean, any, any studio musician will tell you, you know, there's, there's something about hit and record that (laughs) it's just, you know, all of a sudden your fingers feel heavy and slippery and it's just like, you know, but I think it's just a reminder that we, I'm not doing this out of my own strength. It's the grace of God. And when I'm ministering, it's not my ability to do it. And a lot of times I'll start out feeling like I don't know where I'm going or I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just talking about in the flesh. And then, but I'll read a scripture and then the grace of God will start to kick in. Oh man. And and, and I'll start to sense his presence and uh, I'll get excited. And man, I love it when that happens. And, and I'm believing for that. I'm expecting that in this podcast. And, uh, but it's a good reminder though, that it's not me. It's not the person, it's the grace and the gift that's in that person, and it's the anointing. And that anointing comes from from Jesus, from the Lord, and uh, so thankful for it. I would never, ever have any desire to preach without the anointing. I mean, forget it. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's just no, you know, no fun, no fun at all. But anyway, today um, is a good is a good podcast. Um, I'm excited about it. Although I will say this, I I did try to come up with a better name, and I just I couldn't. It just didn't hit right. I, I thought about calling this a few different things, and I was like, no, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't quite have it. And I was like, it's it's got to be that. And so, uh, well, you know, you, you you've seen the title, and it's food poisoning. Well, that's not you know. I don't know how, what kind of clickbait that is, but. <laughs> You know, I just, uh, it just, for some reason, that's just what seemed good with, uh, with what I want to go with today. And, uh, but it is a good podcast. I mean, this is a positive thing, a positive podcast and don't let the name fool you. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about what I believe the Lord's put in my heart. And I think, uh, the, the purpose of this message is to help people, um, to identify, um, not only, how to commute to communicate better to people um, things that are on their heart, but also in receiving and in the uh, in the administration of things um, and, and to bring unity in the body of Christ. Now, now I'll be honest with you. I 
I shy away from that term, communicate, because the truth is there's a lot out there about communication, and I'm not hating on anything, but I think sometimes I've thought, well, that's not really the big thing because, you know, you, you, that's, you can be communicating perfectly, but if you're communicating the wrong thing, it doesn't matter. But I think the thing that I'm seeing in that is some people have a grace and a gift to talk about communication. And it's not wrong to do that. I mean, it is important. It's just not the most important thing. Um, and, and you can know how to communicate and be communicating death. <laughs> and so it is important to know how to communicate. It is important to know how to talk to people and things of that nature. As long as what you're communicating, what you're ministering is, is the right thing. And sometimes it's easy to put too much emphasis on communication and, and focus on that so much that you lose the, the original thing you're supposed to be communicating. And I think the biggest thing is you got to rely on the Holy Spirit to help you to learn how to communicate with other people. I know you're probably wondering where I'm going with this, so I better read a scripture and then, and then we'll get going here. But I'm just trying to lay a foundation here of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, it, it's important for us to uh, be aware of how we are talking to people and talking to each other. That is important. Um, and, and, and so there's different people that are, are good at, at talking about that kind of stuff. And um, so anyway, I think that's the kind of the direction I want to go today. But in uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 38... Um, you know, if, if you're doing something live, you can't start over, <laughs> you know, if you're not, if you're, if you're recording, you can start over if you want, you know, you can hit stop and start over, you know, but you can't do that live. So it's, it's, you know, um, you guys got to keep rolling, you know, <laughs> second Kings four thirty eight. I'm already five minutes in praise God. Oh, you know what? I, I, I need to pray. I need to pray. Lord, thank you for reminding me of that. I need to pray over this and then we'll start. Um, you're, you're probably like, yep, then you need to pray. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for an opportunity to minister to your sheep, Father God. And I ask that you would help me to feed your sheep the good word of God today. I ask that you would help me to communicate things in such a way that it is receivable. And Lord, I know it's not all on me. I know that you told us to take heed out how we hear. And it's not all on me, Father, but for my part, I pray that you'd help me to minister this with authenticity, with transparency, out of a heart that loves your people. Father, I'm not doing this for show. I'm not doing this because I think I'm something. Father, I'm doing this to obey you and to do what you told Peter to do and feed your sheep. And I want to feed your sheep because I love you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for helping me to do that today. And I thank you for the grace to minister in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. 2 Kings 4, 38 says, Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. Now, why does the Bible tell us that there was a famine in the land? Because people are hungry. People are hungry. There's a famine in the land, and people need to eat. And it's telling us this for a reason. 
And it said, Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. Now, Elisha told his servant to do this. So his servant is responding to what Elisha told him to do. Do you see that? It says, So the servant went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it a lapful of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew. Now, is he endeavoring to be obedient to what Elisha told him to do? Yes. And it says, though they did not know what they were. And, that, and they is talking about him and everybody else. Nobody knew what these wild gourds were that he put into the pot. So is he doing something purposefully to try and harm them? No. Is he intending to harm them with what he is putting in this stew? No, he didn't know. Somebody say it out loud. He didn't know. Is his heart right? Is he endeavoring to do what Elisha told him to do? It, was this his idea? No. He's trying to feed the people. And he unintentionally put something in the pot that he didn't know would harm them. It says, Then they served it to the men, and it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, Man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. So he said, Bring some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, Serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. This is not a verse for marijuana users to stand on. You're taking it out of context. Stop it. <laughs> That's not what he's talking about. Stop. He said, there's nothing harmful in this stew. And it was because he added something else to it. I'm going to say it again. There was nothing harmful in it because of what Elisha added to the stew. Now, this servant is trying to do what Elisha told him to do. He's trying to feed the people, but he unintentionally put something in the pot that was harmful to them. And Elisha, that, that we have record of, Elisha did not rebuke his servant and get mad at him and get angry with him and say, what's wrong with you? And slap him on the backside of the head and say, what's your problem? Don't you know better? Don't you know what those wild gourds are? No, Elisha didn't know what they were. It said they didn't know what they were, referring to everybody there. No, Elisha didn't get angry because the servant was just doing what he told him to do. But what did Elisha do? He added something else to it, and it took the poison out of it. Now, I named this podcast Food Poisoning for a reason. Um, I, I personally know two people who in the past couple of weeks got food poisoning at a restaurant. I won't say the name of the restaurant because I don't want to you know, make them sound bad. Although I will say that they're famous for their waffle fries and being closed on Sundays. But that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> but they got food poisoning. Two different people on two different occasions got food poisoning. And uh, they were sick and it wasn't very pleasant. And um, something that the Lord brought up to me about that is that th their experience 
with that food poisoning made them not want to go back to that restaurant. So they experienced something harmful to them, and it made them not want to go back. Now, this is a restaurant that I go to on a regular basis, and I have many times tasted and seen that it was good. (laughs) But apparently somebody made a mistake. Somebody overlooked something, didn't check something, whether through negligence or ignorance. Something was overlooked, and they accidentally fed somebody something that was harmful to them. Now, I know this restaurant, and they have a reputation for being top-notch in their service. And yet, somebody made a mistake and fed somebody something that they couldn't digest, their body couldn't handle, and it hurt them. Did they mean to do that? I don't believe so. In most cases, they don't. It's an accident. And the thing that uh, would help them to avoid that in the future is we have these things called health inspectors. (laughs) And a health inspector comes in and says, hey, you need to change this and this and this so it doesn't happen again. Well, I want to start out the podcast by saying this. We all need an Elisha in our life to help us. Because many times, especially as ministers, teachers, parents, whatever the case is, if you're in charge of somebody else. Here's the thing. You don't have to be in fivefold ministry to be a teacher. If you're a parent, you're a teacher. If you're a boss, you're a teacher. And and if you're in charge of the influence of somebody else, you may mean well, but you may unintentionally feed somebody something that's harmful to them, whether naturally or spiritually. And we all need Elishas in our life to help us to bring balance. And that's the direction I want to go in this podcast today. I want to talk about how to deal with spiritual food poisoning. Let me read this to you. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Iron sharpens iron, and a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Do we need each other? Do we need to sharpen each other? Do I need friends? (laughs) Do I need elders? Do I need people in my life that will help bring balance to me? Yes, I do. Because otherwise, I'll get dull. Now, we're going to see this word later. But this word dull, Jesus talked about the Pharisees being dull of hearing. We see this mentioned in Hebrews chapter 5, being dull of hearing. Well, how do you stay sharp? You have other people in your life sharpening you. This is why the body of Christ needs each other. We sharpen each other. We keep each other sharp. If you're sharp, what does that mean in, in our terms? Being sharp means you're intelligent. It means you're aware. It means you're not ignorant. It means you're aware of something that you weren't previously aware of. Stay sharp. You ever heard that phrase? You got to stay sharp. And it also can imply dressing well and things of that nature. I understand that. But in this context, we're talking about sensitivity, awareness, and in particular, what you're feeding others. Awareness of what you're feeding others. 
and what you're receiving. An awareness both of what you're giving out. And I'm not just talking to fivefold ministry people. Awareness of what you're receiving. Awareness of what you are feeding other people. Let me go ahead and just say this in the beginning here. Uh, Matthew, I'm sorry, John 21, verse 5. Um, I, I referred to this in, in my opening prayer. But Jesus is talking to the disciples. This is after his death and resurrection. And he said, children, do you have any food? And they answered and said, no. And he said unto them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Now, this is the second time that's happened. And they realized it was the Lord and they came in and and, uh, met up with Jesus. And he said, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. And and this is one of my favorite verses in the book of John. Uh, Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Oh, man, I want to have a sign in my kitchen in my house one day that says, come and eat breakfast. Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, <laughs> you know, dash Jesus or or the scriptural reference. Hey, listen, it is written. Come and eat breakfast. Amen. Praise God. Uh, it says, yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples. And so when they had eaten breakfast... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Jesus, you know I love you. (laughs) And then he said, feed my lambs. And he asked Peter this three times. And the second time he said, tend my sheep. And the last time he said, feed my sheep. He said, if you love me, feed my lambs and tend my sheep. Feed my lambs and tend my sheep. Notice that before he asked Simon to feed his sheep, he first fed Simon. Why? Because what you're feeding on has to do with what you feed the sheep. And it has to do with what you feed the lambs. Now, like I said, if you're a parent, you've got lambs to feed. You've got sheep to feed. And what you're feeding on is what you're going to end up feeding them. It's important. He, f- he was fed by the hand of Jesus, and then Jesus said, okay, now spiritually speaking, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my lambs. Now, what are lambs? This is important for where we're going. What are lambs? Lambs are baby sheep. Now, let me ask you this. Are babies always fun to feed? (laughs) No, no, babies aren't always fun to feed. Sometimes you got to do the choo-choo train just to get them to take a bite. But he said, feed my lambs. And it's important because lambs need to eat. Babies need to eat. But they don't always want to eat everything that you feed them. So you got to help them along. And you have to be patient with them. And here's another thing about babies. You have to discern what they can handle and what they can't. Are you listening? You have to discern what a baby can digest and what they cannot. Because here's the thing. If you try and feed a baby something that they can't handle, could it affect their health? Could it harm them? Yes. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Just stick with me. There's more here. And uh, I'm excited for where we're going. Look at what Jesus said in John 16, 12. 
He's talking to his disciples. Now, these are people who have walked with him for three years. But he said, I have many things to say unto you. That means Jesus has many things <laughs> that he wanted to say. And would they be good things? Would they be true things? Would they be enlightening things? Yes. I mean, we're talking about Jesus. No word ever came out of his mouth that wasn't truth. And watch what he said, though. But you cannot bear them now. He said, I have many things to say to you, and they're true, they're right, they would give you light, but I'm not going to say them right now because you can't handle it right now. Did Jesus say that? Yes. Now, if Jesus had to be able to discern what he could and could not say to his disciples at a certain time, although right and true, how much more do you and I have to discern what another person can handle? We do. <laughs> much, much more. And in the Amplified Bible, he said, I have many things to say, but you can't bear them. You can't take them upon you or grasp them now. In the Passion Translation, he said, it's more than you can grasp at this moment. It's more than you can handle right now. It's more than you can digest right now. Why? Because you're a baby, relatively speaking. You can't handle it right now. Now, we are all young in the Lord, relatively speaking. But some people have grown a little bit, and they can handle more. They can receive more. They can digest more. But you have to be sensitive to that. And, you know, I've heard this said quite a bit. Um, I'm just going to tell you what, you what you need to hear. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. You need to hear this, and I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, and I'm not just going to tell you what you want to hear. And I understand that. You don't just always tell people what their flesh wants to hear. you got to speak the truth in love. And sometimes people don't always want to hear what you have to say. And you should, there are times you should say it even if it hurts their flesh or bothers their soul. There's a time to do that. You know, a baby doesn't always want to eat what you feed it. <laughs> a baby doesn't always want mashed peas. But, but watch this. Can they handle mashed peas? Yes. Here's the thing. There's a difference between what somebody wants to hear and what they are able to hear. There's a difference between whether or not somebody wants to hear something and whether or not they are able to receive that, to hear it. That's the thing you got to discern. And you know, the Bible, we're talking about food poisoning. The Bible is referred to, the Word of God is referred to as various types of food. In different places, we see that the, the Word of God is referred to as bread, the bread of life. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And he told the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but by, but by every word that, receive, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Excuse me. In other places, the Bible, the word of God, is referred to as milk. We'll see that here in a second. It's referred to as honey in Psalm 119. It's referred to as water. And in another place, it's referred to as meat. Meat. We'll see that here in a second as well. Meat. Now, can everybody digest meat? No. 
On that note, there's some people who, naturally speaking, can't digest dairy or can't digest milk. Not everybody can digest the same things, whether through immaturity or whether through health things. Not everybody can digest the same things. So do you need to be sensitive to that? Should you be aware of that? Could it be harmful if you were not aware of that? Yes. Now, here's the thing. The Word of God is perfect, but some people can add their own things into the Word and cause harm. And some people can try to feed somebody things that they see in the Word that they're not ready for. And it can also try to cause them harm because they're not ready for it. Listen, I didn't write this. You got to be careful about what you're mixing in. You got to be aware of what's being mixed in. And you got to know who can handle what. If you try to feed someone something that they can't handle, it can be harmful to them. Now, with that in mind, let's go over to 1 Peter 2, verse 1 through 3. I hope this is making sense so far. 1 Peter chapter 2, and uh, we'll get into the next part of this. And uh, over here in about verse 1, uh, he says this, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, uh, desiring the milk of the word is something that is representative of a baby. A baby craves milk. They desire milk. Is milk good? Is milk going to help them? Is it going to cause them to grow? Yes. It's going to cause them to grow. And he said, desire it, but he didn't stop there. He said, desire it, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. If you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Here's the thing. What you're feeding somebody about God can determine whether or not they develop an appetite for more of him. What you're feeding people about God, especially people who are young in the Lord, babies in the Lord, it can affect whether or not they develop an appetite for more of God. And if you're not giving people a taste of the fact that the Lord is gracious, <laughs> are they going to develop an appetite for more? No. You got to be guarded about the taste you're trying to give people. And if you're trying to give people a taste of something that is a truth in and of itself, but it's not something they can handle right now, you could be leaving a bad taste in their mouth and causing them to not want more. And then as a result, they begin to spiritually starve <laughs> because they need milk. They need milk. They can't handle more heavy things. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I hope I'm making sense so far. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For until now you have not been able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Uh, the word now, a second ago, I added it. I, I didn't mean to say it that way. 
He said, you, well, I'm reading in the King James. He said, hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. He said, I'm feeding you with milk because you can't handle meat right now. I haven't been able to feed it to you and you can't handle it. So I'm still feeding you with milk. And look what he goes on to say. He says, for you are yet carnal for where there is among you envying and strife and divisions. That word means factions. Are you not yet? Are you? You are not. He said, for you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? And he goes on to talk about people identifying with this person or that person or this ministry and that ministry. And that's what he said is carnal. (laughs) It's carnal for you to be identifying with, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. And he said the identifying factor of your immaturity is the strife and division. Now I'm pointing that out to you for a reason. Because what did I say earlier? We all need to sharpen each other. We all need an Elisha in our life to add something to the pot. We all need each other to balance out the body of Christ. But what happens is, is that we get divided over things we disagree about, and we identify something that somebody says or does, and we say, I don't know if I agree with that. That's not quite right. And then we separate instead of realizing that, hey, we all need each other. We all need to balance each other out. There's a reason why God has joined us together. Do you see that? But he said, you're carnal and you can't handle the meat because you're still in strife and division. And so uh, that's something I want to deal with in this podcast. Now let's go over to Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. He said, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So let me ask you this. Should you feed steak to a baby? No. Why? They can't digest it. They're not able to bear it. He said, you need milk. And he talked about the first principles, going back to the first principles. You know, the Bible talks about not being moved away from the simplicity that is in Christ. And he mentions this as well, being skilled in the word of righteousness. Look at this in 2 Timothy 2.15 in the Amplified Bible. He said, talking to teachers, Study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God, approved, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Now, if he tells you to rightly handle and skillfully teach it, could you wrongfully handle and unskillfully teach it? (laughs) Yes. Could that do harm? Yes. Now, just because it's true, just because it's a, a, a truth doesn't necessarily mean everybody can handle that. Do you need to be aware of that? If Jesus needed to be aware of it and Paul needed to be aware of it, I guarantee you, you and I need to be aware of it. 
And you don't want to try to force feed things that people are not able to hear. Because you could be doing them harm if they're not in a place to handle that. Like I said, not everybody can digest the same things. Some people can't digest what other people can digest. Some people can't eat what everybody else can eat. And spiritually, you need to be sensitive to where a person is at. And, you know, maturity has to do with sensitivity. Um, Mature people are sensitive about what they feed people and what people need at the moment, at the time. They're led by the Spirit. And it's important to do this. It's important to know what to feed your sheep when. (laughs) And, you know, just because I see something in the Word or I feel like I I know something doesn't necessarily mean I'm supposed to immediately share it. And a part of that is because I only know in part. I only see a part. And there are things that I don't know and I don't see. And it's what I can ignorantly add to something that can end up being harmful because I'm only seeing a part of it. And I got to be careful about knowing what people need to hear, what they can hear. If they need milk, I'm not going to try to feed them meat. Now, meat is good, and there's a place and a time to give people meat. But even with the meat, you know, you can season it. (laughs) It's never supposed to taste bad. You understand? And what did, what did he tell us? I'll read this in a second, but let your words be seasoned, as it were, with salt. But you need to know what people can handle. Now, I, I said this before, he mentioned the first principles. Uh, teaching them again the first principles. You know, some people have majored on the minors and minored on the major things. You got to be careful about that. Because sometimes we major on the minor things And we minor on the major things, the things that people really need to grow, the milk that they need to grow. I need to be careful that I'm not trying to feed someone something that undermines what the milk is trying to do in them. Do you see that? I don't want to feed someone something that is going to undermine the growth that the milk is trying to produce. I don't want to hinder the growth that the milk is producing in them by trying to force feed them meat. (laughs) That can actually hinder someone's spiritual digestion, and thus it can hinder their spiritual growth. I hope this is making sense so far. And you know, one way you do this, and one thing you got to watch out for, is ministering things that I still have questions about. Now, I, I never know everything. I'm never going to get to a place where I know everything about every subject. And I'm not saying you need to know everything. But if I'm not sure about something and I minister it, then I'm ministering something that I'm not sure about. I got to be careful about that. Now, I can walk in the light that I have. I can preach what I know and what I see. But I, I don't want to be ministering something that I'm still not confident about myself. That's something I I have to watch out for. This is why it's good to come back to the foundational things, the simplicity that is in Christ. Let me me mention this to you. Um, 1 Timothy 1, 3-4 says this, As I besought you to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, 
that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which do what? Minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. He said, don't preach doctrines that minister questions. You got to be guarded about things that minister questions rather than confidence. In another place, he talks about being established in the present truth. You want to be established in things. You want to help other people become established in things, especially babies. And you want to be careful about ministering something that you still have questions about, and therefore you are ministering questions to other people. Now, don't misunderstand me. The Word of God is pure, converting the soul. We should be reading the Word of God and feeding it. Babies need to feed on the Word of God. And I'm not saying that parts of the Word of God are bad. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to be sensitive to where people are at and what they're able to hear. Even if you don't understand something in the Word, it's still doing something for your spirit. But the thing you got to watch out for is putting your own interpretation on certain things that you don't even fully understand and knowing that what the Lord is revealing to you about that may be a revelation that they're not ready for. And you got to watch out about that. you got to be sensitive to that. I'm talking to pastors. I'm talking to preachers. I'm talking to teachers. I'm talking to parents. Talking to coaches. <laughs> you got to be sensitive to what you're feeding your sheep. Um, make sure you're not ministering questions rather than confidence. We want people to be established in the present truth. Here's something in uh, James chapter 3. we got to go there. He said, My brethren, verse 1, let not many of you become teachers. So he's talking to people who are teachers. He's talking to people who are called to teach. Now, he's not just talking to people who are fivefold teachers but people who are called to teach, who have a gift and a grace on their life to teach other people. And he, he's talking to teachers in this context. And he said, knowing that we shall have a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Now, what's the context? He's talking to teachers. Now, I didn't see that before I studied this out, but he's talking to teachers. He said, look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder where the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. He said the tongue in and of itself, apart from the Holy Spirit, is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God our Father, and with it we curse men we have, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. There's Thomas saying amen again. 
Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. He goes on to say, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, I know I read you a lot there. But he says the tongue is full of deadly poison if it's not tamed. Now, what can tame the tongue? The Holy Spirit can. (laughs) But if you're not careful, the tongue can be poisonous. Who's he talking to? Teachers. He's talking to teachers in this context, and he's saying, don't let blessings and cursings come out of your mouth at the same time. Don't let bitterness and sweet water come out at the same time. Fresh water and bitter water. He said, be careful what's coming out of your mouth. Teachers, be careful what you're ministering. And he said, if you're really walking in wisdom, it's going to be shown forth in its meekness and its peaceableness and its gentleness and its mercy. Do you see this? He's describing things that should mark the way that we teach. The things that are coming out of our mouth. Let me ask you this. What's feeding you? What's feeding you? Because here's the thing. Sometimes we can be feeding on things that people mean well, but they're unintentionally poisoning you. Now, there's some people who are intentionally poisoning you (laughs) with the media and and things like that, and they know exactly what they're doing. But there are other people like Elisha's servant who are they're trying to speak the truth. They're trying to shine the light on something, but they're unintentionally poisoning you. Why? Because what you're hearing is bitterness and it's leaving a bitter taste in your mouth. And if that's what's feeding you, that's what you're going to end up feeding other people. This is something you got to watch out for. What's feeding you is what's going to feed other people. And you want to watch out for things that are trying to teach and trying to give enlightenment and education, but they're showing you things, they're showing you images, they're showing you uh, ungodly things, or you're hearing things that even though... They're trying to communicate a right message. It's still feeding you with evil. It's still feeding you those images. It's still feeding you those words. It's still feeding you that thing. And I think a lot of people have tried to do some things and they haven't intended to do this, but they have ended up feeding people poisonous things that are not the good word of God, that are not... The, the solid food of the Word of God that are not the milk of the Word of God. you got to watch out about this. You know, when I was a, a young person, um, I watched a, a rock and roll documentary. It was a documentary about how bad rock and roll music is. 
And there is a lot of truth in what they were saying. And I believe that their hearts were right. But the whole documentary was two hours of video clip after video clip of music videos. And in between, they'd have a little bit of commentary about how bad it was. And then they'd go back to showing the music videos. Well, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, After watching a a music video of Christina Aguilera dancing as a 12-year-old kid, I didn't really care what the man had to say about it. Because I was seeing something I shouldn't have seen. Now, I'm not trying to be graphic there, but I'm just being real with you. You know, watching uh, two hours of Marilyn Manson clips did not do anything to deter me from listening to that music. I was being fed with it. And I, I, I didn't bother me that they were talking bad about it because I was still watching it and listening to it. You got to watch out about the stuff. I'm not hating on those people and what they did, but you got to watch out about unintentional food poisoning. You got to be guarded against that. What are you feeding on? What are you receiving? Because that's going to affect what you feed other people. And, you know, on that note, you got to watch out about Christian music and Christian films. Because a lot of them mean well, but they bring in people and producers who do things and add things that are not right. Listen, there's been a lot of compromise recently in the Christian film industry. And maybe it's not been intentional. Maybe they're just trying to be authentic. But, but here's the thing. If, if you season creativity with compromise, you may increase the fan base, but you'll decrease the anointing. I'm going to say that again. If you season creativity with compromise, you may increase the fan base, but you'll decrease the anointing. I was watching uh, an old kid's show Um, called The Gospel Bill Show. And the acting is not, (laughs) you know, Oscar-nominated acting, you know what I mean by that? It's not the highest budget thing. But there's such an anointing on those shows. And one time the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Ben, do you want to know why the anointing is so strong on that show? Because they didn't compromise in the filming of it. They didn't compromise in the filming of it. I'm telling you. It affects the anointing, even if it's a good story, even if it's a good message. Compromise affects the anointing. And just because something is quote-unquote Christian, you got to check the spirit of it, and you want to guard what you're feeding on. Now, I'm not talking about judging people or assuming things. Like I said, a lot of people mean well. It's unintentional, but it's still food poisoning. Look at this in Proverbs 16.21. It says the wise in heart will be called prudent and the sweetness of the lips increases learning. The Amplified Bible says the wise in heart will be called understanding and sweet speech increases persuasiveness and learning in both speaker and listener. So what you're saying is important. Also, how you're saying it is important. You want to be guarded against not only what you're saying, but how you're saying it, because the sweetness of the lips increases learning. Uh, Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now, would you need to answer people differently? Would you, do you need to answer one person the same as you'd answer another person? Not necessarily. 
Now, what I'm not talking about is being ashamed of Jesus. That's never, ever right. Um, Distancing yourself from Jesus, not claiming him, not talking about him. Listen, it doesn't get any sweeter than Jesus. It doesn't. Uh, The sweetness of your lips, nothing sweeter can be on your lips than the name of Jesus. You remember that song, Jesus, the sweetest name I know? And listen, if people taste Jesus and they don't want him, then they don't want God. (laughs) It doesn't get any sweeter than that. It doesn't get any better than that. Jesus is the ultimate appetizer of everything that is in God. And if people don't want him, they don't want God. And you should never, ever be ashamed of Jesus or fail to talk about Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that. You should be so full of Jesus that all people have to do is squeeze you just a little bit and they get Jesus all over them. You're like a sponge that's full of Jesus. (laughs) I'm talking about things beyond that that are deeper, things that people can't necessarily handle. And uh, he said you you need to know how to answer each one and you want your words to be seasoned with salt. Now, let me just touch on this and uh, we'll be wrapping up here soon. Um, over in Second Peter, uh, chapter uh, chapter one, I want you to notice something that he says here. I had skipped it earlier, and uh, I want to go back to it now. Uh, he says this in First uh, Peter. I'm sorry, Second Peter, chapter one. Um, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. He said, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. He said, add to your faith, add to your perseverance, add to your godliness, add to your brotherly kindness. He said, you need to add something to it. We are called to imitate Christ. And everything that was listed here is a characteristic of Christ. But there are many characteristics of Christ, and some people are called to major on the faith of Christ. There's some people that are called to major on the virtue of Christ. Some are called to major on the brotherly kindness of Christ. And the thing is, you need all of these things. You don't just have one, you need all of them. But it's like a teacher in a college. You don't major on every subject. You're not a professor of every subject. You go to different classes to receive different things. Why? Because you need to add to your math English. And you need to add to your English biology. Now, I'm just using that as a natural example. But this is why the body of Christ needs each other. Listen, there's a reason why there's four different Gospels that talk about some of the same things from a different perspective. They're adding something to the other. You're adding to each one, and you're seeing the full picture. That's why God gave us four Gospels. Well, we're called to add to each other. 
This is where Elisha came in. What did he do that took the harm out of the pot? He added to it. He added to it. He didn't, he didn't pour the pot out and say, what's wrong with you? No, he added something else to it. Sometimes people are, are, have revelation on faith, but they need to add to faith self-control. Or they need to add to faith brotherly kindness. This is why the body of Christ needs each other. Uh, if you want to be like Christ, you need to add what someone else has to what you have. Elisha made up the difference for his servant's ignorance. Do you see that? He made up the difference for what his servant was ignorant about. Sometimes you have to add some things. And what do you need in order to allow that to happen? You need humility. You need humility to know, I don't know it all. And maybe they have something that I need and I don't have it all. I don't know it all. And we don't have to agree on everything. Because I know in part and they know in part. And I have a part and they have a part. Which means there are parts I don't know. There are parts you don't know. That's why we need each other. Look at this in 2 Timothy 2.24. It says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach. you got to be sensitive enough to know what you're teaching and know how to teach people in a way that they get it, like a tutor. That's, that's part of what it means to be able to teach. He said, Patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. It's not just about what you teach or what is true or what you know. It's about how you teach it. It's about knowing when to teach it. These are really important things. You got to know how. You got to know when. And we need each other. We need each other to bring balance. Let me read this last verse to you. Ephesians 4.29. I hope you got something out of this today. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Is what you're saying imparting grace to somebody? Is what you're saying building them up? And listen, we all need an Elisha in our life. Many times we may be ignorant about something. We may not see something. We may not know something. I'll read about this in a Verity Vitamins coming up here soon. But we see in the book of Acts that Apollos was a man who was mighty in the scriptures. And it says he preached accurately the way of the Lord, as far as he knew, because it says he only knew the baptism of John. Now, what he was preaching was right and good. And the Bible says that Priscilla and Aquila took him aside. They took him out to dinner and they explained to him more perfectly the way of God. They didn't, they didn't criticize him for what he didn't know. They didn't discount him because of what he wasn't seeing or what he was missing. In humility, they instructed him. In humility, they added to his faith. They added to his virtue. They added to his self-control. They added to his brotherly kindness. And this is what we got to do for each other. In humility, not in quarreling, not in strife. And this is how you get rid of food poisoning in the body of Christ. This is how you get rid of food poisoning when it comes to teaching. You got to have humility and you got to willing to, to, you got to be willing to see things that maybe you're missing it in. And maybe, maybe I was right about this and this and this, but then I said this and this, and I was like, oh, hold on a second. That's not quite right. That might be harmful. Or they weren't ready for that. They weren't ready to receive that. 
And we've got to have this. We've got to have this in each other's lives. This is why we need elders in our life who have been around. (laughs) This is why we need co-laborers. This is why we need brothers and sisters in Christ to help do this. We see that Peter and Paul had this relationship. There were times when Paul called Peter out and he said, listen, what's going on here? And, uh, and they got it right. You need people like that in your life. I am so thankful for people like Elijah Merle and Micah Herbert and Becky Herbert. I'm so thankful for people like Chris and Courtney Jacobs. I'm so thankful for people like Dustin Martin. I'm so thankful for people like Dustin and Annalisa Barker. I'm mentioning people that I've had the privilege of coming across and being around at different times. I'm thankful for people uh, like my natural parents. I'm thankful for people like my spiritual parents, Keith and Phyllis Moore. I'm thankful for Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons and the teaching that comes out of their ministry. I'm thankful for Danny Rodriguez. I'm thankful for the people in my life that bring balance to me. I'm thankful for Grace Bradshaw, people who add balance to me, who bring me their perspective. And I'm thankful for the Elishas in my life. And you know what? I want to be an Elisha in somebody else's life too. I want to be an Elisha in somebody else's life that can help them see the way of the Lord more perfectly. But it's only going to come through humility. Amen. And that's how we get rid of any and all food poisoning in the body of Christ, and that's how babies grow up. (laughs) And that's what we want. We want to see Christ formed in people. So they get to the point that we and they can handle the meat, can handle the deeper things of God. Amen. Well, this has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I pray that you got something out of this today, and I'll talk to you the next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you, he loves everyone else, and please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.